We all know the value of building a strong personal and professional network, but in practice, it's really difficult. We lose touch with someone when we change jobs, or we miss a close friend's birthday. We built Clay to make being thoughtful in your relationships easier. Once you connect your accounts, LinkedIn, email, Facebook, iMessage, and more, Clay automatically pulls in everyone you know and builds a beautiful profile for them. Then you can search your entire network, take notes, set reminders to reach out, and even be prompted to reconnect if it's been a while. Clay also includes a feed of important updates from the people in your life, like a news mention or a birthday. For listeners of this podcast, we're offering a 60-day free trial if you visit clay.earth slash partners slash 60. Again, that's clay.earth slash partners slash 60. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Behind home plate, we bringing it to a more day. Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am your Indian Center host, Matt Sroka. And as always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka, coming to us from not Florida, not Maryland. Where are you now, Josh? I'm in New Jersey. This is where I come to, uh, since we've ever done Section 336. I spent a week in New Jersey uh, volunteering at this middle school camp and uh, eating camp food for some reason for the past 20 years. Last week in June, every year. So and recording the podcast at some obscene hour. <laughs> yeah, I know it's always it's always a random time to record the podcast. But the good thing is, the internet's finally like stable up here, so yeah. we can do this where it's not like a crappy sounding phone call or something. Well, and the good news for me is I was mentally preparing myself to stay up late tonight already, and so I'm good with doing this podcast late because because with the West Coast trip, I was already planning on staying up late. Well. And that's what I love. I love when West Coast trips line up for this week because I'm always up super late because right. I got to edit a bunch of video and stuff. So it just makes sense. And it's great to have the baseball on the side. So, yeah, it's a great time. And I, you know, I might have might have said, oh, well, let's skip this week. But we skipped last week. We had a bunch of stuff going on last yeah, week. That was my bad. I was traveling to Macon last week. Yeah. Right. And so, but now, what do you have? Is next week your last episode from Maryland? Yep. Uh, th- yeah. The, uh, next week will be my last episode, and then I have to set up a get a setup. Hopefully, the internet works and everything is, goes well in uh, my place in Macon. Yeah, we'll have a good. That's about. I think that July 11th, something like that, is when we'll have our episode on kind of being an out of town Orioles fan. Yeah. Yeah, I want to get into that. 
but we got a lot to talk about today. I mean, because we missed last week, the Orioles are playing good ball. Um, <laughs> some oh, promotions really? in ball. the minors, pretty good ball, pretty good, pretty ball. good ball. What are they yeah. over 600 for uh, the month of June so far? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's um, like 648 or something. Oh, really? For the month of June, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, like, like I'm the one guy who is a not surprised by their playing in June. And if but anything, I'm a little disappointed, right? Because I predicted ne- sixteen to nine, or right, because sixteen to nine, or swept, eighteen to nine, something like that. Should have swept the Nats. Yeah. Should have swept the White Sox. Yeah. Obviously, a four-game sweep is tough. Yeah, and my my bold prediction at the beginning of the year that we would go eighteen to nine because we're playing some. And when we we we, we took a you know we won the series against Tampa Bay, I went to I went to one of those games. Tampa Bay is a shell of itself. Half the guys on their team are, are yeah. hurt and weren't there. Um, the right. White Sox are playing worse than I think a lot of people thought that they've been playing. Of course, the Nats are a joke. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to be excited about with the season, with this month. But also, you could kind of see this coming, given how, you know, who we were playing. Um, Prospects yeah. coming up. Adley's hitting his stride. Yeah, yeah, Adley become a freaking double machine, like five straight games with the double. Um, what now, is surprising is kind of how we're getting there, but it's right. the results to me are not are not surprising. But how, no. how and, and, the, the way we're doing it is surprising. Well, and I think the res- <laughs> and what we're learning with the way we do it is, is I think speaks volumes for next year's team and the future of this team. I think the fact that we're seeing a rock solid outfield right now gives you hope for next year. I think the fact that the bats are alive, are alive gives you hope for next year. I think yeah. the fact yeah. that we are are doing this when you said that eighteen and nine prediction, you assumed Grayson Rodriguez would be on this team right now. I and assumed we're doing it Hall, Grayson, Rodriguez. Grayson Rodriguez. You assumed Kyle John Braddish. Means would be on this team yeah, right yeah, yeah, now, yeah. and there's no John Means. So yeah. we're doing it with a rotation that three of the guys that you predicted for this rotation are not in this rotation. Right, three and top so, guys. Yeah, and so this is part of the surprising thing is our certain pitching hasn't been that good. It hasn't been great. No. Um, this team is successful largely because of the bullpen. I mean, we have in baseball, this is in all of baseball, tied with the Rays for the third best ERA uh, bullpen in all of baseball. And it's more impressive that because we use our bullpen – more than almost anybody in baseball because, you know, our starters don't go very deep in games. And so the our, our bullpen being so incredible has helped us tremendously. Our starters ERA is 25th in baseball, which actually, given the injury to John Means, um, given, you know, Grayson Rodriguez not being here, D.L. Hall not being here, um, maybe 25th is not like last year when you were 30th in baseball. But still, our starting pitching hasn't been great. Um, offensively, you're right. We've been pretty good, but again, if you look at the stats offensively, we're again bottom half on almost every offensive category. If you look at something as basic as like just run scores, the Orioles are 22nd. If you look at something right. OPS, right on base plus the slugging, the Orioles are 24th. So again, the t- in the bottom 10 of the league in most offensive categories. I was looking today at fan graphs. You know, their top WAR players. Yeah. Wins above replacement. Thoros only have one guy in the top Austin 100. Hayes. It's Hayes. Or Lopez. It's Hayes um, okay. at, with 1.7 war. Though, can I say, Josh, um, 
this has caused me the the war. I there's a part of war I still don't understand after all, all these years, um, and that's the the defensive war numbers how how they come up with it because I think you know Austin Hayes has had a pretty good. I mean, we know he's been great offensively, right? But I think he's had a pretty good defensive year as well. But according to Fangraphs, he's uh, he ranks 42nd in defensive outfield. He's, he has a, a, a war, defensive war of negative 4.2. I don't understand how that's possible. I don't understand that. Like, do they, how is that determined? Do they take a range or something? Like, I don't all know. left field? I don't know how they determine that. I don't either. And if you and you would never guess, out of all infielders in baseball, the guy who leads the league in defensive war, according to fan graphs, is Jonathan Scope, of all people, who doesn't have very good range, no. has a strong arm. Like I just, that whole stat doesn't make sense to me. So I don't know about how much it. stock to put in that we only have one player in, in the top one hundred. Um but 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 it got, it does show this is kind of uh I was I was reading someone tweet about kind of the chemistry of this team, and it does seem to just be a well made up team. We see you know really good defense. You know it seems like every game, like one game, it's Adley Rutschman leading the way. The next game, it's it's Austin Hayes leading the way. The next day, it's Ryan Mancow. So like it seems to be a very kind of well balanced team with a great bullpen. Right. So just it's really kind of really interesting how how they're how they're doing it. Well, and I think that's kind of the Michael Elias approach is not stars but balance and it's what we it's also similar to what we've talked about with the rays where they do it a lot with pitching and bullpen where it's like they just balance you don't get the you're not bringing the the big guys you're bringing guys that get it done you're you're manufacturing runs you're getting things done you're getting doubles you're knocking bases in guys in when they're on base and that's what the orioles are doing especially this past month yeah yeah i mean if you were to tell me going into June, that our rotation would consist of Kramer and Voth, this guy Voth, <laughs> and, you know, Wells um, and Lyles. I'd be saying, oh, man. And, and oh, and Watkins, Spencer Watkins. I was saying, oh, man, things are not going well because that was my biggest issue with this team going into it. It's like, do we have enough starting pitching to be competitive? Um, but But somehow this month, it's kind of it feels a little bit like duct tape. I mean, I think what Tyler Wells is doing is legit. I think he's good, and that's not shocking. But Dean Kramer's performance so far this year, I would call shocking. Uh, the fact that he's played so well this year, after being really abysmal last year, um, it really turned into a really nice kind of bounce back um, for Dean Kramer. And that's kind of what makes you positive and feeling good about this series. You have your two best starters currently going, going at it in the first two games, Wells. And then um, Kramer. Uh, but, yeah, uh, there's a lot to be excited about the way we're playing. There does seem to be um, a good vibe in the in the clubhouse. And, and, and it's all – and you wonder, you know, I wonder. There's no help coming from the minors with starting pitching. It doesn't seem like no D.L. Hall, you know, has been inconsistent. Um, you know, you, you can wait on Matt Harvey maybe making it sometime to, to this rotation. But there's no, like, this is it. Like, this is kind of our rotation. Hopefully, Cobb Bradish will be back in, in a couple weeks. But you yeah. wonder if this starting pitching can hold up to kind of keep you competitive in these games like we have been in June. But, yeah, it's been fun so far in June. Yeah, and uh, the Athletic in their power rankings today, they bumped the Orioles up to 21, which right. is 
which is part of what's going on is the people who pay attention, the people who watch baseball, the Orioles are no longer a laughing stock. Like people are taking notice. It started with local reporters taking notice and, and fans like us taking notice. And now national media is starting to notice it all. The, the description for the Orioles say uh, the Orioles are le- the 2022 Orioles are legitimately feisty. And I think feisty is a great yeah. term for the Orioles because they're annoying. If you're playing them, they're annoying. They don't they don't stop. They're constantly even on Sunday's loss with the White Sox. We scored two runs in the ninth inning to try to come back. Yep. And had a the couple runners on. Yep. Constantly. Yeah. And had guys on. So, and they, they go on with this legitimately looks like the best Orioles season in five years, maybe possibly even six, with the winning percentage still starting with a four and floating around 20 games back from first in the AL East by the end of June. That 20 games back is because the AL East is a monster house we would not be so far back in every other division in baseball. And that you see that by even the wild card, we're only seven games back. And that's because all the other four teams in baseball could go to the, could go to the playoffs or the other four teams in our division could go to the playoffs this year. Yeah. I saw some stat that Boston was playing at some like ridiculous over 600 percentage winning uh, for the past you know month, and they still have lost four games on the Yankees or something because the Yankees right. have been so ridiculous this year. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, on the one hand, you hear that the twenty-first power-ranked team, and you're like, oh, well, we're still you know not one of the best teams in baseball. In the bottom third, yeah. But on, on the other hand, like we've been twenty-nine and thirty <laughs> the right. past yeah, the past four years. years. Yeah, yeah, and 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 so this shows that we're actually moving in the right direction, and that's what it's all about, right? Because this is not the final destination with Orioles. This is not like, you know, okay, this is the team. No, 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 no. This is the start of what is going to be the team, right? And so that's right. what's exciting. We're seeing it actually all the work because it's so frustrating for years. The past four years, we've been putting the work in without seeing any results at the major level. And now this and, year, we're finally seeing some results at the major level. And this is right. just the beginning. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's the beginning. It's very small moves because you're still seeing all of the future at Norfolk. Yeah. Well, it got really excited single. today because, you know, just go real quick that down, down on the farm. Um, uh, Connor Norby and Colton Cowser and Kobe Mayo um, were all caught up. The three best players in Aberdeen, the three kind of highest rated prospects in Aberdeen. We're all cut up to buoy. So now the Orioles' top nine prospects are all at buoy right. or Norfolk. So let's go to buoy. Let's go Friday night. All right, let's do it. All right, let's do it. We saw. We'll get to it, but we yeah, we saw Aberdeen last Friday. Yeah. Uh, so let's go see all those guys playing buoy, play some tougher yeah. competition on Friday. I, I was and yeah and and honestly, like buoy was kind of lame before. The promotion of these three, three, three guys because the guys you want to see Westberg and uh, Henderson is Kerstead coming up to Aberdeen? No, he no, he hasn't been caught up yet. He's the one guy that's um, that top prospect that's still not still in Darmara. Yes, still in Darmara, but but he's been. I mean, I think they just want to see him. The health factor still with him. Um, he's right. been just dominating um, at that level. At, at Delmarva, and hopefully he continues to dominate. He should be dominating, right? He's playing a bunch of, you know, 12-year-olds down there. No, but right. a bunch it's of like young Matt, players. It's like Matt Harvey right now. Yeah. It's, um, like, it's like the news that Matt Harvey is pitching great. 
he better he better be. He's a professional pitcher. Yeah, but I mean, look at Kerstad. He's batting four twenty two, uh, so uh, over four hundred, an OPS of over a thousand. So yeah, he's just got his first home run this past week, and so he's doing fine. I think it's just kind of getting him healthy. I would imagine he's at Aberdeen, um, you know, by next month. I would imagine he's at Aberdeen if he continues to play like this. Um, but but yeah, it's exciting that so many of our key pieces now are at Nor- Norfolk and Bowie, so they feel kind of really close. I mean, once you get to the tides, you know, you're just a phone call away. And so, yeah. um, and then and, and while we're talking about it, I mean, since it's been a couple of weeks now, and Gunnar Anderson and Jordan Westberg have been just tearing up. Now, Nor- Nor- Norfolk, unfortunately, has no pitching, so they give up a lot of yeah. runs. But-, but can we bring those, but can we, right. Does that mean we can see those guys end of July? Well, the other interesting thing, Josh, is it's kind of like Adley Rutschman at catcher in that your weakest position was catcher. Your best right. prospect is sitting there. Okay, so 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 now your weakest position is what? It's the second infield. base. It's shortstop. Second base, third base, third shortstop. Base, all of them, right? Yep. And so, and all of a sudden you have, you know, two studs at Norfolk who are tearing it up at Norfolk. And so you wonder, yeah. Um, at what point can 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 you call these guys up? And and I, and I don't know what the answer is, but you look at Westberg batting three sixty six OPS over a thousand. You look at Henderson getting on base, walking more than he's striking out. Still, um, you look at even Vavra. I mean, just the top of that Vavra and Stowers round up that top four. I mean, all of them could be up uh, by the end of the year. So that's that's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, and that's all right. So. I know we're all over the place tonight because we didn't we didn't build up any show notes. Kind of last minute decided oh, to do this. Okay, we do have show oh, notes. If, if you check, the, right, the I notes. haven't looked at the show right. notes. So okay. I've been crazy today. So I I wanted to ask you put an article on there by Kevin Gossman. I want to get to too. That was interesting. Oh, I want to. It wasn't by Kevin Gossman. It's about Kevin about Gossman. Kevin Gossman. Yes, based on an interview with uh, the catcher. Yeah, Caleb Joseph. Caleb Joseph. We were all over so, the place. I just took yeah. all over the place to the next right. level. Well, I'm I want to talk about that. But, but yeah. back to the Orioles playing really well right now. Back to the bullpen being ridiculous. Yes. Is this is this the future, this bullpen? Or do we dump all these guys at the trade deadline? Like, I want to see Lopez on the 2023 Orioles. But you know he's it's got to be tempting for Michael Elias to trade him. Right? Yeah. Or I is, mean, that's... Do you look at a guy like Lopez and say, no, he's the future? Or do you see, hey, he's having a great year. Let's take advantage. Yeah, I think this is, Josh, I think it's a great question. And to me, it's one of the most, I go back and forth all the time. Because if you're Mike Elias, you look at, okay, what trade pieces do, do I have? Right. Um, and honestly, you don't Not have that many. many Santander. Like, yeah, Mancini. Santander. But, but again, I mean, he is he's a good outfielder. He's not a great outfielder. I talked right, You're trading about him because he's not the future. Yeah, like you're not, he's not Austin Hayes, he's not Sergio Mullins. So, hey, playoff contender, would you like our third best outfielder? <laughs> like, right, I, like exactly. he's not going to be the top guy on the market, right? And so, any return you're going to get from him is going to be minimal. And but Michael Lass has to decide do, do I want to even get that return? Right. And when, when you look, there's really, there's three guys that you know you're not trading. You're not trading Mullins, Hayes, and um, Rushman. Right, and out there, Mount Castle on that list and Mount too. Castle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you got four guys that you are not trading, no matter what. Yeah, and so if you look at Santander with a batting average two thirty thirty nine, like I don't just know how many people he's gonna 
one of and so where you have but you're right Josh where you have your best I think trade candidates is your bullpen because that's right. been I just mentioned we're third in baseball and in, in bullpen numbers and on the one side you could argue hey listen this is a bunch of we went through this a couple weeks ago these are all waiver guys these are just random guys right. we just picked up for nothing and so all of a sudden you could turn a guy you picked up for nothing into actual value in prospects which must right. be incredibly tempting because then Michael, Michael Elias could argue and say well listen I did this once I can do this yeah. again I can pick it's up another just, waiver guy and, and turn him into a good bullpen arm right it turns and it, it's it'll, this will be a good transition eventually to us talking about Gaussman because what it does is it sells the you're at that point you are selling the system not the player right. you're saying it's not Lopez that's so great it's what we did with Lopez right so we'll he, trade Lopez and we'll t- I'll show you I'll do the exact same thing next year with another guy Right. The other side of that, of course, is Lopez has not just been some guy. Like Lopez has been great. Yes. Um, and so, and if you want to make this argument, right, that we're done with kind of the like we're at the point where we need to start keeping right. if you're and going up. players to win. Um, Lopez has been amazing, right? He has a whip of point eight eight one. Um, he's given up Josh three earned runs the entire year in 36 innings three earned runs i mean this is zach britton type nonsense stuff here right and so um which is on the one hand you you could get a really nice haul he's your best trade candidate if you want to trade him people want to call people want to ask people gonna ask like this is what you do you go to everyone needs bullpen help all the playoff contenders need bullpen help here's a team out of the playoffs in the orioles people will call for jorge lopez and they'll call with some tempting offers. And I think it's going to be, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what Michael Ice is going to do because Jorge Lopez is under contract for a few more years. And so he could be part, you know, of this, you know, next year at playoffs and two years and three years. Like he could be part of that. Right. Though it's going to be tempting. I think it's going to be tempting for Michael Elias. Um, yeah. Though, though, like, also the other part of it is, though, like the Oros, I mean, have been so patient with Jorge Lopez they've tried him in so many different roles right like this is right um, but now it clicked yeah now it clicked and so someone you invested so much time and energy in I I, 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 I don't know there, there might be some kind of compulsion to want to to to, to want to keep that because you spent so much time making it work on the other hand you're like this would be trading Jorge Lopez at his peak and that might be tempting to do if you make a lies to get back some real tangible prospects right. with upsides and you could easily like slide with like Batista into that closer spot and it wouldn't be that much of a downgrade so I don't know I think that's a really tough right but that's where I, decision. A, it is it is and it's it's a question of those draft picks in the future and what that really means for you versus what you have now um as the fan I want Batista on this team and I want Lopez on this team yeah I want them to be back to back out I want yep because I love what we're watching now Lopez is, uh, you mentioned his 36 innings. He also has 36 strikeouts. It's a strikeout in an inning. Yeah. That's great. It's great yeah. that you can rely on a guy with that. He's got the right right pitch se- selection, which is what we got to get to with Gaussman. That was part of how we mishandled Gaussman, apparently. So, like, I don't want to, I finally see, like, an Oriole pitcher that we helped figure out what was going on, and I really would hate to lose him because we just want to acquire people. Right, because we're at the point in the rebuild, the tanking, 
as as Buster Oni refers to it. And by the way, I listened to the Buster, Buster Oni podcast just to see if Buster mentioned anything about, you know, taking three out of four from the White Sox and the great month Orioles are having. Shockingly, Buster never mentioned the Orioles in this podcast. Um, <laughs> you, knew it, you knew that. <laughs> but, but, but no, I, I you just I, want to punish yourself. I, I kind of went through, Josh, thinking about these questions, thinking about the Orioles playing so well. And, and that means individual players are playing well. And I was kind of thinking about trade candidates. And I wrote down who I think is kind of most likely to be traded and the least likely to be traded. Okay. Um, and I ranked yeah. them kind of one to 10. One being no way they're traded. 10 being right. they're as good as gone. Yeah, you know my good is gone guy. I've been saying right. it since before the season started. Well, I'll give you a name. You tell me, and we'll see how, how much we're aligned. One to 10. One being definitely going to stay here, not being traded. Ten being he gone. Where would you rate this player? All right, um, Odor. One through ten. Uh, One saying ten, oh, he gone. Odor is gone as long as we can find a trade candidate because he is not part of the future. Okay, so um, you're saying ten? What, what, what number you give me? Uh, six. He's, okay. he's batting 197. He's been good recently, but he's still batting 197. So I don't know what you really get for him, but there was no plans for him in the future. If you are bringing up any of those guys from Norfolk, Odor's gone. Yeah, I have a feeling our infield will look completely different next year. And, and you're right. Outside of me, first base. Right, outside of first base. And and and, and, and to, Tucker, I guess. to me, if if uh if Odor was having a good year, it, yeah, I'm with you, it'd be a 10. I don't know who's gonna win Odor. I, I no, put it as a, I put it as a four uh, just because I don't know if, if we'll be able to trade him anybody. Right. I, I <laughs> yeah. Well he might just be a cut. If we're ready to bring guys up, he might be a, a DFA. Well, I think he's a great roster guy. Yeah, I it depends, yeah, who they want to but I think he's a great roster guy to be having your bench. Uh Ramon Urias, injured now, um, but had a really good year last year. Okay year this year, but injury concerns um oh, oh, recently. Five. Five. Yeah. I'm not sure who. Again, not part of the future. Not sure who would want him and who would trade him. Yeah. Who would give yeah. anything for him. But like, uh, what are we talking about? Ball of bags? Yeah. Bag of balls. Ball of bags, bag of balls, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I put him as a five. Again, I think a little more likely just because I think he has more upside than yeah, that's what I said. But yeah, but I, again, I don't know who's going to actually want to trade yeah. for your, your, uh, your eyes. This, yeah. Um, what about Mateo? Oh, and really good defensively. But really yeah, but fast. down at the plate, really poor at the plate. He, again, he's batting under 200. He's got a 199 yeah. batting average. He's right there with Odor. A guy I really want to leave. He's got no history of proving this. He's got he's 19 steals, though. He's a three. Nobody's going to give anything for him. No bag of balls for him. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have him as a, what do I have him as? Um, a four. So I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I mean, it's incredible. It'd be incredible. He has 45 hits, uh, 10, 12, 12 of them, I guess now 17 are extra base hits. So 45 mi- minus 17 was like 28 or something. And yet he still has um, 17 stolen bases, which is, Kind of incredible. Um, I'm sorry, nine, 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 19 stolen bases. So literally every time he gets on the field or gets on base, he's stealing. Um, son, um, Josh Man- Mancini? A 10. A 10. He's, 10, he's gone. Uh, he's gone. <coughs> he's the best trade candidate on this team. 
He's batting 285. The Orioles are showing off that he can play first base. He can play outfield. There's a reason they're putting him on the outfield and putting the guy like uh, Hayes or, or McKenna at DH because they want to show that Trey can play the outfield. They're quickly marketing Trey. There's nothing that they can get back. The problem is there's nothing that they can get back for Trey Mancini that Oriole fans do not complain about. No matter yeah. what you get, Oriole will fans complain. will complain yes. because they have decided that he is the face of the franchise. They have decided that he is this great guy that needs to lead the future because he not because he's this amazing player, but because he beat cancer. Because he's a, he an quickly, amazing human. And he's a good human. But and he's been with Trey's the team gone. longer than anyone pretty much on this he roster, has. right? Yeah. But Trey's gone. The future of this team is Mountcastle, Rushman, Mullins, and Hayes. All right. Um, I mean, the only knock against him, I think, at this point, is he only has seven home runs. Though in his defense, it should be like 11 without that wall there. Right. Which, the wall which, be moved which, back. And that's the other thing. He, I don't know how much he wants <laughs> to stay in Baltimore now with the wall moved. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I have, I have him as a five. I really, I don't know. I, I part of me thinks he's really going to stay and be that veteran leader. Um, Ten, he's gone. Chemistry. All he's right, gone. Um, we mentioned it before. What number we put on Santander? A seven. Okay. Again, it's there's there's always teams that need outfield help, and he's batting the 200, 238. He's good defensively. Someone, if they want to trade him, they can find someone for him. Yeah, I think Elias will be actively trying to trade him. I just don't think. I mean, may, maybe it's not a big deal to teams, but I think the whole vaccine thing is a big deal that you can't play in Toronto. So I think maybe this offseason, well, trade him to the try to move league. him. Yeah, but, but the thing you had to talk about, you know, potentially World Series, um, I don't know. Um, if you're on the and if he was a great player, you kind of look the other way. But he's not even a great player; he's just a good player. And so I don't know. I think he'll. I think obviously he'll try to trade him. I also don't know. I don't buy the argument that there's no room for Santander. I don't buy the argument that um, what a... that he's blocking people. And I know Kyle Stowers is the guy pe- pe- that people want to see. But I just want to point out real quick here: Austin Hayes has gotten hurt almost every year of his career. Thankfully, he's he's been healthy and has been fantastic this year. Um, we, we've also seen Santander get hurt. We've seen Trey Mancini, obviously, be out be out for a while for other reasons. But, like, players get hurt all the time. And I don't know why having four good outfielders is all of a sudden you have to trade somebody. Like, good teams have four great outfielders. Good teams have six great starting pitchers. Like, like this idea that you, if you have someone in the minors being blocked by a major leaguer, you have to trade the major leaguer. No, like you need depth. And that's something the team lacks currently. And so I think that this idea that you must trade Santander to make room for Stowers is kind of silly because I'm telling you, at some point, someone's going to get hurt. Someone's going to miss some time. Sure. Um, someone's going to get hit in the thumb with a baseball. Like it's going to happen. And so it's okay to have four good outfielders. No, I agree. But part of this is discussion is, you know, Michael Elias wants to trade someone. So you're trying to see who can he trade and the fourth outfielder would be the guy to trade. Yeah. Um, he's also, yeah, yeah, no, I, think I think he will try to try to trade him, but I don't think he like needs to trade him. No, and I know the batting average is a little lower. The home runs haven't been there, but you do have no, the home runs. He leads the team in home runs. All right, well, you also got to look at the fact that walks. He's got 30 walks this year. Yeah. Which is a career high for him. 
Yeah, no, he's he's been more patient to play. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, jo- Jordan Lyles, getting to, to some pictures here. Um, Is Jordan Lyles gone? Yeah. I would say, I don't even know, if, has Lyles even pitched enough to, what, be I, a fifth pitcher on someone's team do do is anyone even gonna take a phone call for an orioles pitcher that's not in the bullpen yeah i mean lyles is the classic and this is what everyone said when we signed him and this is turned out to be true like he is your your innings eater like he's gonna go you know six innings give up four or five rounds just like he did the other day and that's kind of kind of who he is i mean he he leads the team this should come as a surprise to nobody but this is why we signed him right he leads the team in innings pitched um you know he's he's right up there with game started he also leads the team in loss in losses i think that's indicative of him just always staying in the game longer until um i mean he leads the team in innings pitch by like 20 innings Uh, the next guy is tyler wells um who who has who at the beginning of the season wasn't even going back past the fifth inning and so he has an area 4.94 which is high but if you need someone as a fifth starter to eat innings and we've seen them do this before right with like a tommy malone type guy where you trade him for some seventeen-year-old guy to to throw in your in your uh, Florida Coast League or whatever, um, so I think they'll try to move him, um, but will a team kind of bite on him is the question. Right. So I, I put Lyles as a five. nine. Okay, I put him as a nine. Okay. I, I think I some would... team's gonna want him just to eat innings. That would be great. I'd love to see us get something for him. Hey, a couple of bullpen guys, real quick. We talked about Lopez, so we don't need to talk about him again. Um, See, seeing Perez for me, I mean, we've seen what happens. He's a lefty specialist, not really specialist. He's an eighth inning guy for us. But um, Sino Perez to me is a guy that I feel like is a little bit expendable, especially with the emergence of Nick Vespi as a really good lefty reliever too. Yeah, um, is... he, he's to me the guy most likely to be going the bullpen. Also, his ERA is one point one seven, just having a great year. Um, and so I think to me he's. If I would say who's no, the most right. likely bullpen guy, it's him. If you want to keep Lopez, you want to keep Batista, this is the guy that you're out there marketing. And and you're pointing out that he's only 26 years old. You're pointing out his strikeouts. He's got almost a strikeout in and then 21 strikeouts for 23 innings. Yep. You're, he's you're give, only given up three runs all year. Right. Exactly. Good. That's the stuff you're promoting. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put Perez at a eight. Yeah. Um, similar to me, I put him as a seven. Um, I think he's likely gone. Um, is there anyone? I mean, there's other guys like like Dil, Dil, Dylan Tate is another guy that they could trade. Um, I feel I like put we've him had a, the Dylan Tate discussion for years. Yeah, I put him as a three just because he seems to finally figured out this year. And so I don't know if the Orioles want to trade him when you finally have figured out Dylan Tate. He's finally pitching well. Um, I think he's a back end bullpen guy. And so I would be a little surprised if they traded him. I put him as a three. Um, but no, nope, I, I agree with all that. Yeah, the other couple guys in the bullpen, um, Baker, uh, again, I think his ERA is worse than kind of um, is not indicative of how well he's pitched. And then Joey Crable is another guy who they picked off of waivers, I believe from Tampa, who um, is having a good year in the bullpen. I think it's likely if, you know, um, Elias doesn't want to trade Lopez, which I kind of hope he doesn't. I think trading a Perez and a Crable, you get a couple of prospects back that way, and you can kind of keep your main back end in the bullpen with Batista and Tate and Lopez intact. And I feel like you can replace some of those other guys. 
But anyway, yeah, I was I, just mulling it over today. Yeah, I think the other guy in your bullpen would be that Diplon guy. Yeah. So they, I know they just optioned him to Norfolk, but that was more of the Norfolk shuttle making room, bringing them. They keep bringing him up and down, up and down, kind of making room for him. But when they bring Putnam in games, he's been doing fine. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe, maybe you can make the argument too, like there's a larger sample here with Joey Kreibel. So maybe you could say, listen, we can feel like we can replace Kreibel with the plan and and not falter that much as our right. sixth inning guy or the whatever. Plan, the plan has pitched 5.2 innings. You know how many strikeouts he has? Uh, how many? Eight. Okay. Eight strikeouts in five innings. That's what you're marketing. You're marketing. You're saying, yeah, he's got a one, and he's got a 159 ERA, but and I know it's only been five innings in five games, but it's something to look at, something to show off. Again, deciding whether you can trade him, or you say I can trade these other guys because look, what I did with Lopez, I can do with Diplin. Yeah, yeah, and I want to put those in the same sentence, but the point is, like Doris has shown, system, it's a system. system that's shown that we, yeah, we, we can find guys. Um, to pitch in our bullpen, and so we're okay with trading, a, you know, a Lopez or a Crable or a, even a Tate because we've shown we can replace it with other guys. Yep. Um, yeah, Crable's right there in the middle as well. Yeah. Um, all right. I wanted to mention, we can talk about the Kevin Gossam article in a minute. I just want to mention this real quick because you keep on bringing up strikeout per nine innings. Yeah. Um, the, the the guy in, on the, in the organization – who's better than anyone in the organization as far as strikeout per innings. Um, there's a guy at Norfolk. Brian right Mattis, now. He's not around anymore. No, there's a guy at Norfolk right now who, who's, who averages a starting pitcher averages 14 strikeouts per nine innings, which is an insane number. Um, unfortunately this year at Norfolk, while averaging 14 strikeouts per innings, he also averages almost seven walks per nine innings. And I'm talking about D.L. Hall, um, who has dominant stuff, but continues to walk a ton of guys. Again, strikes out 14 per nine, walks seven per, per nine. Um, and it's kind of been, he had another bad, he had a, not another, but he had a, a, a bad start, um, his, his past go around. So it seems like D.L. Hall to me, Josh, is unfortunately not, not knocking on the door just because he doesn't seem to be able to, able to locate his pitches. It's all right. We've got a little bit of time. So, but, yeah. The, I, I mean, but if you're taking just encouraging notes from D.L. Hall, though, what encourages me is he's been healthy so far this year. They've been babying him some. The past two starts, he's just gotten up to over 80 pitches. They've been ba- babying him. He's thrown in 38 and a third innings this year. Last year, all of last year, I'm sorry, he's thrown in 40. That's just Norfolk. He's thrown 46 innings total this year. Last year, only threw 31 innings. Then, of course, he didn't throw it all in 2020 because, you know, 2020 was 2020. And then the year before that, he only threw 80 innings. And so I think the fact that he stayed healthy and throwing 38 in the third innings, to me, that's just as important as the numbers putting up. I want to see Dia Hall get through this entire year healthy. But again, this walk thing is becoming a thing with Dia Hall. And unfortunately, yeah. it doesn't matter how hard you throw it or how nasty your slider is. If you can't locate it, um, it doesn't really matter. So hopefully I, he I, can but, get that figured out. Yeah, but I like your argument that 2020 was 2020. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Uh, as we were talking about the future of the Orioles and this late night baseball, it's always fun to see the future perform. And we got to see that tonight as uh, Rushman and Mountcastle got back to back dongs. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm, that's fun. I mean, yeah. I mean, Ru- Rushman is. I, we, 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 we said it when he had the slow start. Like, guys, we said it doesn't matter. Month. Chill. It doesn't matter. Month. Yeah. Give him a month. And now he's, he's, he's just a, he's a beast out there. He's an absolute yeah. beast. Um, so that's Rutschman is going to be so much fun to watch for so many years. Um, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Right. Uh, you want to get this Kevin Gossman article, Josh? Yeah. So it's, it's a It's an article about Kevin Gossman, not by Kevin Gossman. Uh, as you said earlier. So it's, it's really Caleb Joseph was on uh, Glenn Clark radio. And, and Caleb week. Joseph, by the way, calls all the blue Jay games. Right, he call, he's a, an, 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 an analyst. I guess he does right. TV. His color for, guy, yeah, yeah, color guy. Right. So he was a guest on Glenn Clark this week, <sighs> talking about the Blue Jay series, or last week, and they talked about Kevin Gosman and his outstanding year. I mean, if just look, Kevin Gosman's having a career year. It's clear that things kind of clicked for him this year. Well, he had a great and year Gos- with the Giants last year too. That's yeah. true. Basically, since he left Baltimore, he's gotten better and better. And we've seen this pattern before with Jake Arietta and guys. So we known that there's been a problem in Baltimore. Oh, is this but article about the cutter again? Almost, almost. So it talks so Caleb Joseph shared about how uh, the Orioles were changing the way, basically changing the way Kevin Gossman pitched, where they wanted him to throw his fastball low and inside. Though he his fast the way he throws his fastball it rises, which meant to get low and inside, he was always missing his spots. So guys were hitting it. He had a nasty right because it was rising in, into the middle of the zone where they were right yeah, cranking exactly. Uh, because the type of fastball he throws isn't the sign that you would throw it down in, inside or whatever. Yeah, you you just throw it in the middle and then it rise to the top of the zone. Sure, right. You let it rise out of the zone exactly, right. and then you you force pop ups that way. Um. Then they talked about his splitter and how he has a great splitter, but the Orioles wanted him to throw it less and save it for two strike moments and instead throw a slider. Now, if you look at Kevin Gosman's stats today, he's throwing the splitter a ton because it's his best pitch. So he's throwing it all the time. Right. Not the just Orioles, on two strikes. Not just on two strikes. And the Orioles wanted them to, he, they wanted him to build to that point with, his, with a slider. He never got the slider down well. He could not control the slider and hit his spots with the control with the slider, which again left the slider up and in the middle, just like the fastball. So he was never able to hit his spots because the Orioles were totally misusing him. And which, and, and meanwhile, while he was spending all the time working on the slider, he could have been working on perfecting his fastball and splitter, which he throws, right. you know, eighty percent of the time. Instead, he's spending all his time on this pitch he throws very rarely, the slider. Sure. Right. Because the Orioles know better. Instead of taking what you guys great at right they're trying to change him and that was basically the gist of the article is the orioles we as oriole fans always thought well kevin gosman got ruined because of the norfolk shuttle the up right. and down up and down and the bullpen starter yeah 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 right exactly that they messed with him that way yeah this is the first time i'm hearing anything about messing with the way the guy pitches and his pitch selection and that's really frustrating because it seems like it's like, why would you teach someone to do that? Well, you wouldn't bring a batter in and tell them, all right, I know 
in college, you were crushing the ball from the right side of the plate, but now I want you, you're going to be left-handed on our organization. Yeah. So it's very frustrating to have pitching coaches that think they know better and won't listen to where the player's at and know the player. So I found it very uh, irritating, but also at least encouraging that we don't have that anymore. It seems like what we're doing is making our guys better, not holding them back. Oh, that's interesting that you found it frustrating. I found it like, um, yeah, I didn't really find it frustrating. I found it interesting in that the analytics I, that we talk a lot about, it's sometimes hard to figure out like, all right, how the analytics the actually make yeah. a pitcher better. And that the Kevin Gossman story was a perfect case, right? Because it shows like the data shows that it's fastball, the spin rate causes it to raise up higher in the zone. But right. old school way of coaching is you always want to throw your fastballs low and away to induce ground balls or whatever. But these, you know, the the pitch track or whatever shows that the fastball was rising. And so it. It, the, the data shows that you want to throw a rising fastball higher in the zone to get better results. Interesting. All right. So your view is that it showed the Orioles were not relying on analytics back then. Right. It, that, that was pre-analytics. And, and now we're doing right. that. Yeah. But then at the same time, that's while well, the same time this is going on is the same time that we had Mark Trumbo there. And remember, they were trying to get Mark Trumbo to change his swing based on analytics. Right. Right. And he was throwing a fit because it just caused more pop ups for him. Right. Yeah. His yeah. His his angle, his launch yeah, angle, his launch angle. That was all about launch angle. So that's yeah. where you were seeing stats hurt a guy. But this really I don't know. I don't. Did they need analytics to know that this ball rises? I mean. It's you know it, you pitch it, you throw it all the time. They were trying to change his pitch. Yeah, no, no, and and I, I think pitching to your strengths too. Yeah, I think is a, is a good point. And the other thing is, and we've seen this a lot across the league, where, and this wasn't true. I don't think ten years ago, it, it probably wasn't even true for most pitchers when Kevin Gossman was with Orioles. In that, like, you pitch your secondary pitches more, right? You yeah. you, you look at they always show it in freaking every tel- 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 telecast. And Silas is always confused because there's like five different baseballs flying at the screen in different colors. And Silas is always like, what is that? What's happening? But they're like showing every pitch the pitcher has right. and the batting average against that pitch. And it used to be like what they would tell Kevin Gossman, you save your best pitch for your out pitch. But now like there's no out pitch. Now you'll throw a splitter any count, right? You'll throw your curveball any count. You'll throw your best pitch any count because if it's your best pitch, if that's the lowest batting average against – you know, you should throw it in account. Now, I would argue maybe that's why the Orioles have pitchers have such trouble in two strikes counts because we don't have because we've used all our good pitchers, all our good pitches sure. even before to we get to two counts, two strikes. But 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 yeah, that's that's not just an Orioles thing. I think that's across the league. Pitchers are just throwing their secondary pitches more. Um, but I'm encouraged, Josh, because if Kevin Gossman came to the Orioles now, he would have a different experience. Yeah, no, and that's what I was saying. That's the, the encouraging part is. Kevin Gosman that we see in Toronto could, if he was on the 2022 Orioles, could be the same Kevin Gosman. Yeah, and, and maybe better because I would argue, based that on what I've seen, I mean, we have, we have again, let me remind you who our starting pitchers are. Right, we're making pitchers Kramer, better. Spencer Watkins, these random guys, our bullpen is made up. I mean, our, we've signed no one significant as far as our pitching staff, and we have no high ranked prospects in our pitching staff. And somehow they're still able to uh, be somewhat successful. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think our pitching development is is second to none um, thus far from what I've seen. Major no, level. I, I agree. 
I agree. But it's, yeah, it's just disappointing that it seems what the Giants and Blue Jays have done is just let Kevin be Kevin. Right. And that's the same thing with Arietta, right? It's similar with Arietta. Yeah. They let Arietta be Arietta. And yeah. every pitcher who's been upset leaving the Orioles, they talked to Arietta, I think, was very vocal about them trying to change and control what he did right. and not let him. We always talked about it as the cutter because that was the Arietta pitch that they took away. Yeah. But they, it like again they, they did the splitter with Gosman. So, yeah, but, but Josh, I mean, I don't think Mike Elias and the development team, Matt Blood and everyone, is just letting these pitchers just do whatever they want. No, they're like improving I, them. Right. Like, like they're, they're using analytics to, to hopefully, right, accentuate their strengths right. and but to help them hearing... to, to show them what they do well. Like, that's part of the point, right? If analytics, like, here's what you do really well, do it more. As right. opposed to coming in with the Orioles have with Kevin Gossman, here's what you do well, but now we want you to do this. Yeah. Right. I think we don't hear as much now as we did back then of pitchers working on another pitch. You yeah. know, that they that Kevin Gosman's got these pitches, but they want him to work on the slider. Yeah. And he's working on the slider and the stuff. We don't hear that as much. And I think we kind of always use that as a spring training excuse of, oh, he's working on something new. Maybe we don't need to work on new stuff. Maybe we need to perfect what we have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it depends pitch to pitch. I think maybe, yeah. Yeah. I think it depends pitcher to pitcher. Um, right. Some like pitchers talked probably... about Dean Kramer working on some stuff. And then his curveball has been less effective recently because he's working on other pitches. But, but, but yeah, I, yeah, I think, yeah, especially with Orioles, I, learn I, new stuff easier. Yeah, yeah, and I, I would assume that those new pitches are happening at. That's what doing with the Shorebirds or Aberdeen. Like I don't, I don't want someone coming oh, to yeah. Orioles and trying a new pitch out. Right. Even by the time they reach Norfolk, <laughs> right. we should have it set. Yeah, hopefully. And that's it. part of that's part of the Elias team. That's part of the long term plan where you're not just focused on your level but your focus on the entire career. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that goes back to um, maybe the discussion we had before um, about this bullpen and kind of putting a system in place there that can um, make the best of, of the talent that you have. Um, yep. We still want to seem to be doing a pretty good job of. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so we finish off June. Is this the last series in June? I guess it is with the with Seattle. Um, um, and then yeah, it's gotta be it's, I mean, it's June 27th, so yeah, let's see. Let me pull up the yeah, schedule. Yeah, it's a three game series. Um, yeah, because so, June only has 30 days, 30 days, yeah. And we have uh, Thursday off, so we have three Thursday games off. in Seattle. Thursday, then we yeah. go to Minnesota next weekend to kick off July. So, yeah, and this is actually Josh not looking at it, just looking at the schedule now. Minnesota's good, they're not great, but they're, but they're, but they're, right. they're a good team. Um, and then you have Texas. And LA, uh, Texas, who is not a great team, right? Yep. Worst, worst record than us. Oh, no, they, they have about the same record as us. I think they have 34 wins, too. Um, and then after that, though, you go to LA, who has about the no. same record as us. No, those games are in Baltimore. Okay. But uh, yeah, the, yeah, they're, they're all home. You're right. Um, but Texas and LA, like those are two winnable series. Yeah. And then the two Cubs. teams playing worse than they should. And then the Cubs. Yeah. So that's you're, you. You could be feeling really good come the All-Star break. That's all I'm saying. If you're an Orioles fan, you could be feeling pretty good come the All-Star break. I'm pumped to see what happens. Yeah. I can't wait. It's exciting. And yeah, it's exciting to see what happens before the All-Star break. It's real exciting to see how this leads into next year. Yeah. Because we're, we, we'll talk We'll talk a lot in the coming weeks about the trade in line. But I think what we can all agree on 
the core of this team isn't going anywhere, right? We're done trading big pieces, right? We're yep. done trading. The core is here and staying. Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, you mentioned it, Ali Rushman, Ryan Mountcastle. This is what we call the core. And right. they're not going anywhere. So the core is here. What yeah, jersey are you buying? Well, uh, Rutschman. Rutschman. <laughs> are you buying Rutschman? Well, no, I, I mean, I'm not purchasing The baseball jerseys are way too expensive. I'm not buying any jersey. Um, oh, uh, you got to be like me and go on one of the Chinese sites. Yeah, I guess. Um, I'm but, gonna, I think I'm going to pick up a Hayes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Hayes should be our all star. He's getting screwed over in the all star voting. Um, but. But that's Hayes, because the all-star voting's dumb, and we've talked about yeah. it a thousand times. It's not about who's best, yeah. No. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think currently, and it's funny, because we talked about this maybe a month ago, where Silas was like, you know, who, who's the best player in the Orioles, Dad? And I brought it on here and talked to you about it. Like, who is the best player yeah. in the Orioles right now? And you said Austin Hayes. And I was a little bit skeptical, but, I mean, he has shown the month of June, like, dude, he is this year – he is the best player on this team, Austin Hayes. So, yeah, that's, that's, right. a, that's a good pick. Yeah, he's a legit all-star, not a Ty Wiginton no, no, no. representative. He's legit. Yeah, he's not Yeah, he's not the token Oriole. No, he's legit. I mean, you could argue Pro- Lo- Lopez should be an all-star. Or Lopez right. should be an all-star. It's just so hard to get bullpen arms <laughs> in. Yeah. Um, Hayes should be an all-star. What, are we going to get – I'm curious to see how many all-star players we get. We, are we just one. getting one? I think we'll get at least two. All right, we'll talk I, about I it in a couple weeks. I could make a run for it. Lopez definitely should, should be in there, and Hayes. Um, All right, we'll talk. <laughs> there's no way we're getting at, three. What's the catcher's field like? I don't know. There's usually no good catchers, right? Mm, I don't think Adley's getting in. <laughs> <laughs> Playing for a month is not enough to... I don't think so, game. even though everybody outside of Baltimore also admits Adley's good. Yeah. But hey, speaking of uh, Voden and Raiden, we've got a new podcast review over on iTunes. Oh, yes. Nice. From the, the Marked Man said, Solid Orioles podcast, five stars. Really look forward to this podcast every week. Good analysis and good banter from two guys who obviously love the O's. We do love the Orioles. That's true. I appreciate the solid review. I also saw a nice comment. There was a nice comment on Twitter. Uh, our last episode, so two weeks ago. Or maybe it was three weeks ago. Whenever we did the the broke down the Angelos family fighting. Oh yeah, I like that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that episode too because we're brothers. And right. I saw a nice comment online where people said, "Hey, I didn't know the guys from Three Thirty Six are brothers." Oh yeah. Which yeah. I'm like, what have you been listening to if you have not figured out that we're brothers? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that, that that's good. Appreciate you listening. I mean, this is the time to get on the Orioles podcast bandwagon. I'm sure by next year, there'll be a hundred more Oriole podcasts. But remember, we were yeah. here first. This is um, episode 400. This is episode 472. Yeah. All those other guys are going to stop around episode 10. Yeah. Yeah. So this, is, well, yeah. this is the original. And first, I'm not, not going to say they jumped on the bandwagon, but we started when the Orioles stunk. So that's that the record show. And, and then even they more, got good right when we started, and then they right. were bad again, and we still stayed on here, and now they're we good stayed again. Through it, yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw this all. We've seen this happen before. We've seen uh, the podcast blow up because the Orioles are blowing up, yeah. and then we've seen them all disappear as the Orioles disappear. Yeah, Section yeah. three thirty six will always be there. Yeah, doesn't matter if I move to Jacksonville. Doesn't matter if you move to Macon. 
we're still yeah. it's still 336 it's still talking orioles almost every week we had yeah. a really good ripkin streak going there but now we do occasionally have to miss a, a week or so but we're yeah. always there yep always there no matter what the orioles even if the orioles you know mess up this trade deadline yep we're, we're always, and we're uh our fandom uh remains pretty yeah, we're trying to, oh yeah but we're yeah. also trying to yeah. we're trying to cram in as much orioles baseball as we can right now because it's the time up in the northeast for the week and you are in uh getting ready to leave maryland we went and saw aberdeen this past week yeah, my a first great time seeing crowd. Birds. Big old crowd really, at Aberdeen. Really what big crowd happening? for Friday night. This is a random Friday night, and uh, everyone showed up to the Aberdeen Ironbirds game. Right, that was wild. Yeah, so that was fun. This Friday, we seriously are going to go see the Bowie Bay Sox. Yeah, I'm 80 percent sure I'm going to be there. Your wife told me you'll be there. Oh, did she? Yeah. I also just found out it's Educators Week, so teachers get two free tickets, which again bumps that percentage up to 80. All right. Well, yeah, your wife told me, so I'm going to say 100% you're there with oh, okay, me. Okay, good. If Emily said it, that is true. Danny Burt Rohde joining us as well All right. on Friday night. Is, is be there. our dad, yours and us as we're brothers, is our dad going to be there? I don't know. I should ask our dad. Our sons will be there. So I've here's, here's the tip. I've been saying whether I go to Bowie or the follow-up is that we're going to also be at the Oriole game on July 4th. Yeah, July 4th. I need some 336ers to come find me at these games because it'll be it'll impress the new stepson. Oh, uh, yeah. So I need to look like I'm famous at these stepson. games. So yeah. come on out and say hi. All right, fair enough. So we'll, post, we'll post on Twitter where we're at, so make sure you're following us over there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, boys and girls, thank you for listening to the episode. You can follow us, rate and review just like that guy did. Call us a solid podcast. We'll take it. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Section336. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. And now, another no-brainer money-saving tip from Progressive. Marcus, what happened? I was changing my oil and I spilled some on the floor. Oh, we'll use these $50 bills to wipe it up. Perfect. 
Got any more? Yeah, yeah, take a couple hundred. Stop. Instead of using money, use an old rag. And here's a better tip from Progressive on how not to waste money. Don't pay too much for car insurance. Drivers who switch and save could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Potential savings will vary.